obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. And welcome to episode 318 of Sports on the Hill podcast, uh, where we're going to talk about the Capitals, uh, Misery Monday with the Commander's loss uh, to the New York Giants. We're also going to talk a little bit about the uh, baseball playoffs and about Wizards talk. And uh, it will uh, be an up and down uh, roller coaster of emotions. It's been a, a bit of a tough week, but uh, to start the show, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. We've done it a couple times before. Uh, we're going to have our friend Gil actually record uh, his Power Play Point podcast as part of this show, um, and uh, this roundtable will be featured on uh, both episodes this week. So, uh, with that, I'm going to hand the baton over to Gil. And uh, Gil, why don't you start the show as you would, and then I will jump in um, in, in my segment. All right. Thank you, Robbie. Hello and welcome once again to the Power Play Point podcast. This is your host, the Blue Liner on Point, talking to you, well, uh, live, but not to tape. Um, bit of a different way of doing things. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the mermaid is off this week, so uh, joining us once again, as she always does in her more than capable role as co-host, uh, temp- t- pro tempore, uh, is the wonderful uh, super fan from Myersville, Maryland. It is C4, Cheryl Ann Forster. Cheryl Ann, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I could be a little better. had the Caps won the other night, but uh, all in all, that's not pretty good. Yeah, I get that. <clears throat> I get that. Um, not uh, yeah, th- things aren't looking not- good, but we'll. I mean, they they could be worse. And look, we'll we'll explain it all uh, for everybody that might be hiding behind the the dark cloud. But before we get really into the show, mm-hmm. I just want to remind everybody that uh, Power Play Point Podcast is the only Caps fan made podcast that melts in your mouth and not in your hands. Uh, so this week as i said we're doing things a little bit differently um had to kind of uh switcheroo the schedule around a bit because of uh some um availability shall we say um and uh, if you're listening to this in podcast format uh, we're actually doing 
uh, the show live through the Sports on the Hill podcast, courtesy of uh, Robbie Gross, who is uh, actually in the background in a producer's role at, at this time, but he'll be jumping on with us um, in, in a little bit to uh, kind of guide us through everything. So a uh, little bit compacted this week, so we're going to need to get everything fairly quickly, so hopefully we don't leave anything out, but I'm going to cover the games as we, as we normally do and provide some commentary as we normally do. Um, I guess uh, I, the only thing to do is rip the Band-Aid and just get get off into it. Uh, we'll, well, we'll start the uh, – we're going to go real fast through the Calgary game because uh, last week, if you caught Sports on the Hill, um, Cheryl Ann and I – Cheryl Ann and I and Robbie uh, all did kind of a watch-along of the third and final period – uh, only actually course, it was I was at the game oh that's right that's right you were <laughs> at that game that's why you're here or part of the reason why you're here because you're going to uh, provide us with some special commentary on that uh, because of that and you've also provided some uh, video footage which unfortunately if you're again listening to this in podcast format you cannot see um, so hopefully you've had a chance by now you on the other sides of the speakers, the earbuds, what have you, to catch the Sports on the Hill edition, the live stream edition, be you on Twitch mm -hmm. or Facebook. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get into it. It was the uh, uh, the first win of the season for the Caps, and it was against the Flames. And um, yeah, it was, uh, well, it was uh, another slow start for the Caps. Uh, they fell behind quickly to nothing. Um, and then uh, things started to pick up about i want to say halfway through the game um okay yeah. so let's let's see if the it app... was about halfway through the second they started picking up okay um, yeah and um yeah thank you uh cheryl ann for keeping me straight because yeah this okay so this app is not very big on um past Previous games, games. Unfor unfortunately I've sort of figured it out. Um, hold on. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of messing around with this. and Yeah, yeah oh, it... here we go. Completed games. I Okay, so if you go under schedule and you just kind of scroll down, you'll come to completed games. And then we can click on the 16th and it'll give you all of that. Okay, so, I've got it. I've got it yep. now. Yep. I've got it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I know we, uh, bad the app pretty badly, but, uh, to their credit, they've, uh, actually made some improvements to this thing. So, um, uh, yeah, just wanted to mention that I'm sure the evil commissioner, Gary Bettman had nothing to do with that because he probably doesn't know doodly beans about how these things work. Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, as I said, the, uh, the flames jumped ahead, uh, to nothing by the time the first period was over. And then, uh, things picked up about, uh, as Cheryl Ann said, about uh, a little past the halfway point of the game, Matthew Phillips, uh, brought the caps within one with his first ever NHL goal against the team that drafted him and never really gave him a chance uh, against the team that literally threw him in the garbage bin. Mm-hmm. And never gave him a chance. And uh, as a fellow podcaster uh, uh, said in her show, um, we'll gladly take uh, uh, your Calgary Flames uh, refuse and, uh, yeah, take 
take advantage of your mistakes and pick up players you don't think are ready. And, um, and uh, well, what was also said was that, uh, ironically enough, was that the person who assisted on the goal, Sonny Milano, is also a Flames reject. Ha, ha, ha. So, Ooh, I'm uh, trying to do that. Ha, ha, on you, Calgary Flames. Uh, thanks, again, thanks for your garbage. But, yes, sweet saucer pass. As I said last week, uh, some cookie sauce from Milano over to Phillips, and uh, he puts it away for his first of the year, 650. Um, and then later in the period, Connor McMichael tied it up with his first of the year, assisted by Phillips again and John Carlson on a nice kind mm-hmm. of a change-up shot. I, uh, I yeah, want to call it, it now that we're talking about uh, base. We're talking a little bit about baseball playoffs in the middle of baseball playoffs. Uh, ties it up at two. And that's how it would end, and it would go to the dreaded skills competition. Uh, and uh, more on that later, but it would go to the dreaded skills competition. And uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov does what he does, uh, amazingly enough, and uh, was actually the only one who who scored. Um, okay, yeah. so, uh, all right, so if you're uh, live with us on Facebook or and or Twitch, um, and catching that feed, uh, what Robbie has done is collected um, C4's live video from the game. And uh, so what we're going to do is uh, watch along right now the replay of the winning shot in the, uh, the penalty shot series um, in the hmm, skills competition. Um, so, uh, Robbie, go ahead and roll it. All right. Here we go. Okay, so Kuzi takes his position behind the center line and stops a little bit and then picks up the puck and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. They call it the Kuzi crawl. Uh, I'm checking my watch and shoots and scores. <laughs> yeah, it got right in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely nice right in there. Yep. Yeah, so you can actually slow it down if here. You do, if you, yeah, if we'll you do a little, a little coach's clicker for us, uh, Mr. Gross. Yeah, so we can see here you got all the crazy mover, maneuvers back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then up there, just up and over. Beautiful goal. Up and over the yeah. stick hand of uh, Jacob Markstrom, and thus winneth the game for the Capitals. And uh, I don't think I, I think Kuzi has only actually missed once. And I think that was in preseason. Yeah. That was Whenever in the, Detroit, got, that was in the game against he, Detroit at preseason. He missed that one. Well, he has missed one using the this speed up thing. Because I know it's not perfect, you know, but in, yeah. in, in the regular season. But now he actually has the best shootout record on the team. And that's crazy when you think you had somebody like TJ Oshie on the team, who, if people remember from the Olympics, was you know, famous for doing this. Uh, and in the end, won a very important game for uh, Team USA because of that. And um, that was before he was even a capital. Um, and uh, so... Uh, yeah, but it's crazy that uh, Kuzi is so good at it. And it's also funny that Ovi is so bad at it. I always feel like Kuzi should teach Ovechkin how to do this crazy maneuver. I feel like Ovi could do it, you know. Um, and uh, it'd be funny if, or or Nicholas Backstrom, I thought it could be really good at being oh, shifty better, with the yeah. puck. So 
Uh, I feel like he needs to start doing a clinic on how to do this move and uh, see if some of the other Yeah, but then everybody it. would do it and then they'd figure it out. So uh, Eventually, but they haven't figured it out yet. And I, I'm, I'm, willing, I'm willing to at least try to have a second player do it, especially because no one would ever see that coming. Yeah, you know, like Nikki doing the koozie. Like the, the, <laughs> okay, that's you know. fair. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, so it'd be a good change up. So anyway, I'll I'll stop the screen share there. But um great footage uh by C4. And we definitely covered that whole game live on Sports on the Hill podcast last week. That's why I didn't have a whole lot to add uh to that one. But um it was cool because C4 was able to send that to us live on air and we were able to cover it at the end of the show. So um, kind of fun that we uh, and Gil was able to cover uh, the shootout as well uh, in that next segment. So it's been a lot of fun having C4 and Gil on Sports on the Hill podcast. And I want to congratulate Gil and Anna um, for being recognized as one of uh, the uh, top um, hockey podcasts in our area. Uh, It's been fun to watch this whole entire process grow here and this podcast partnership um and uh you know we on sports on the hill podcast talk about all the dc sports teams although i really do consider it a hockey podcast i know that it's it's tough because we're also a football podcast and we do share even time to both but um you know the capitals have always been a big part of why carol and i started the show was to do a show that would cover both right not just one or the other and uh so it's been fun to watch the rise of the capitals our podcast and also you know the, the stanley cup winning you know season as well so uh, it's been a a fun road and now we get to hopefully witness greatness with Ovechkin who's been struggling so far um yeah yeah, this season and that's gonna be my segue into Gil being able to talk about some of the next couple of games uh yeah and uh so much has been made of uh his struggles but uh it's it's as he uh correctly put it it's not just his struggles but uh the team struggles as well um, so on to the next game, which was, um, well, really bad. Let's not sugarcoat it too much. Um, if, if, if at all, it was on to, uh, well, over the border, on to uh, the capital of Canada, uh, Ottawa, against the Senators. And um, yeah, these Senators uh, uh, do a lot more than talk and filibuster. Uh, they put a six spot on the Capitals. And... Um, John Carlson was the only uh, one who answered, but uh, yeah, it didn't take long for the senators to uh, get ahead in this one. Vladimir Tarasenko, who they signed as a free agent over the summer, uh, his second of the year jumped, uh, jumped out to a one nothing lead. Um, if you happen to have the app in your possession and you're able to see the replay, uh, it kind of sort of starts with um, a very, very, very bad attempt at a zone exit, which this team has been very, very, very bad at doing. Um, and uh, Rasmus Sandin just tried to, I don't know, well, I don't know what he was trying to do. He was trying to apparently take the puck uh, past two Senators attackers, and that didn't work, and that quickly um, turned into a turnover, and uh, Tarasenko ended up with it in front of the net, put it away, one nothing, and uh, Sens were off and running. Uh, Josh Norris uh, made it 2 nothing eight minutes later, almost exactly, uh, and that was the winning goal. Josh Norris had himself one hell of a game. He, he would go on to score another goal, um, and uh, yeah, that w- it was just all kinds of bad from there on, just not I mean, better shout, shout, uh, shot output, uh, 24 on goal for the Caps. Um, 
power play was anemic again, although they only got two chances. Um, just nothing, nothing real good about this game. Um, it just, after that first goal, you just kind of see everything just deflate. And, uh, you know what it was, yes, it was a bad game. Another telltale sign of a lot of that, a lot of what's wrong with this game, but as for the purposes of this episode, uh, cause we don't have a whole lot of time and, and this season, to be honest, uh, we're just going to draw a line through this game because, well, for one thing, uh, you got to remember the senators are an improved team. They are a better team than they were last year, much better, uh, than a lot of people think, uh, they're actually going to, in my mind anyway, contend for a playoff spot. I would not be surprised if they finish in one of the bottom three spots in the Eastern Conference. So uh, to underestimate the Senators, especially after pickups like uh, Vlad Tarasenko over the offseason, which gr- have greatly improved their team, mm-hmm. um, and uh, some underrated goaltending I think they have in Anton Forsberg. Um not a team to take lightly anymore. And if you do so, you're at your, it'll be at your peril, obviously. Um, so uh, that combined with the ca- fact that the Caps are still learning everything on the fly. They're still a team that is trying to put things together. Um, so, you know, I, I, something they need to do about these slow starts, uh, about getting out of the gate a lot quicker and sticking to their game. But they're, they're slowly but surely figuring it out. But I don't think we should waste too much more time on the Ottawa game because, well, we all saw it. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. Um, but, you know. I, I'm actually happy I didn't see it. Yeah. I missed most of it you, too. So. You really didn't miss much <laughs> other than um, it was a replay of, pretty much a replay of the Penguins game. Yeah. Um, after well, it was, wasn't it the second game that Ovi was held without a shot? Yeah, yeah, and that's which is uh, was rather concerning to me because when at the Calgary game, there were several times it looked like he was almost like a step behind the play. There were t- chances like the puck would come to him and he would like it was like I don't know if he didn't see it or if it just got by him, you know, he just seemed to be a step behind in that game for most of the game. And I didn't see Ottawa, so I don't know if it was any different there. It, it was it was more it but was more of the same. Um, I will he say was, he looked a lot better in the Montreal game. Yes, yes, and that that's actually the game we're going to feature this week. Um, that is cover uh, more in depth. So let's just go ahead and jump to that one. Um, ironically enough, um, despite how good the Caps would look in this game for most of the 60 minutes, I think. Um, mm-hmm. It was yet another slow start. Um, most of the first period, I would say, um, I, I wouldn't say they dominated play, but they looked they looked okay. They looked like they were keeping up. They looked like they were at least getting chances. Um, they ended up with 12 shots on goal for the first period. Just, you know, kind of a little bit of a puck luck thing was what Joe B and uh, Locker kept uh, referring to, right. uh, but then came the first penalty of the game, um, or one of them anyway, or at least the first, uh, shorthand chance, uh, of the game for the caps. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the penalty kill has also been one of the things that have not gone very well for our Washington capitals this year. Um, Sean Monahan puts it away, assisted by Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, 
Uh, remember that second name, uh, 1855 on the power play. Um, some would be of the opinion that um, Kemper didn't react well to it. Um, I would disagree. From my vantage point, it was more like Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Nick Jensen both missed their assignments in front of the net. Uh, Monaghan yeah. was in a great position um, almost all by himself in front of the net to deflect it past Kemper. And um, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I, I don't think any of, well, they only scored three and I don't think I'd put any of the three on Kemper, but that first one, I think it was a pure deflection that just got by him. The first one for sure. I would not put on uh, Kemper at all, but I didn't get uh, as good a look at the second one. So yeah, I, I, it was not, yeah, it was, it was just a bad coverage assignment by the defenseman and yeah, they 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 were again. The team was just out of sync and just not doing you know, what they what they needed to do. The coverage just wasn't there, and that's that's how scoring chances are created. You got to minimize that. That's the defense's job is to minimize those. They didn't do their job, so instant one nothing. Caps go into the uh, first intermission down. Second period, uh, Brendan Gallagher his first. This one this one I really didn't like. You could make the case if you see the replay that little bit of goaltending interference. The refs decided not to call it. Um, we're not going to waste too much time on this, but who boy did the refs uh, involve themselves. Well, a little bit more on that later in this game, but uh, this one started uh, this and this has been a pet peeve of mine, but um, Hardy Hum and Octel was inserted into this game over Lucas Johansson and Alex Alexiev in, in the uh, bottom pair of the defense in this game. Um, and uh, Monahan, um, I, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Monahan who uh, rushed up the right wing with the puck, got around uh, Hum and Octel who is uh, supposed to be a superior along the boards, but basically Monaghan pretty much danced around him. Uh, Haman Octel did this stupid looking kind of reach move and then kind of, you know, I don't know if he thought he was uh, playing the part of the karate kid or something, did this bow and just, Oh, okay. By your lead and goes right past him. And then there was a scrum in front and Koozie uh, was supposed to pick up uh Gallagher, um, who was literally crashing the net and uh, didn't. Uh, so again, I would say that was more on the skaters uh, versus Kemper. Although again, it could be argued that Kemper could have gotten a better better angle on that one. But uh, again, uh, you you have to, the skaters have to minimize the uh, the scoring chances. They didn't. So here we go again. Uh, even strength goal about halfway through the second and. Uh, caps again are down uh, to nothing um, with a lot left to play. And uh, yeah, doom and gloom and all that. And, uh, caps kind of didn't really look good. I think they went into a funk uh, for uh, probably the next, well, the rest of the period at least yeah. um, and most of the third. Um, but they did, uh, they did ca uh, come alive or rather uh, Dylan Strom would um, scoring not one but two goals in the in the third period his first one um was assisted by alex ovechkin oh and by the way uh ovechkin that's his second point 
So for all right. the complainers, uh, he does have two points this year. I know we expect him to score goals, but he does have two points in three games. So he is contributing, maybe not what we're used to seeing, but he is contributing at least. And Matthew Phillips with the secondary assist on that one. Uh, I'm going to jump to the replay and see what I can see here. Um, well, I would have if there's not this ad for a, a lovely Chev Chevy Silverado truck that uh, hmm, apparently can, can tow up to 36,000 pounds of, uh, oh, and it's got a 13.4 diagonal touchscreen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me about, uh, uh, let me win the lottery about five times and maybe I can afford one of these. Um, right. On a, on a, on a good payment. Um, yeah. Okay. Made by Chevrolet. Like I didn't know that. Okay. Here's the replay. And so Strom. Uh, okay. So the OV kind of starts to play in the corner and he goes towards the net. He looks like he's going to shoot, sees Strom open on the right wing, uh, about yeah. 10 feet out, flips it to Strom, and he puts it away into the half empty net. And uh, great play by Ovi to, to find him to not, to not shoot. And uh, so that's, uh, that was the, uh, that was the goal that got them back into the game. And then Okay, so, and the app has decided to be stupid again. Okay, so I am, what I'm now trying to do is go to the penalty summary because that's when the game started to get a little wild, penalty-wise. And, mm -hmm, okay, so, oh, here. Uh, okay, I've got it now. I've got it now. Okay, okay, okay. I've got it. Um, okay, so, um, in the third period alone, there were one, two, three, four, five, six minor penalties called by the referees. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six, as in two hands. You got to use two hands to count it all. <laughs> Thank you, C4. Um, you want to know how many of these minor penalties were against the Capitals? Five of them. And how many of those ended up being five on three? Three of them. Oof. Yes. So the Capitals found themselves Four. at one point having to kill off a back-to-back five-on-three power play chance. Two. Yeah, it was two of them. Two, of two them. power play chances that were a five-on-three disadvantage for the Capitals. Um. Again, I'm not going to, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time complaining about the refereeing, but my God, did they let a lot go and then decide to inject themselves into the game? This is the kind of garbage that gets you fired from a normal job. When you decide to do your, to not do your job and then decide to do your job badly. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But it started at 302 with a Haman Octel uh, minor interference. And then, like I said, it got really stupid after that. The worst penalty, uh, I, I mean, this could not have been more obvious, was the one to Tom Wilson um, where he got called for the trip where he, didn't, he barely even touched the person. He didn't even touch him. And his argument was the guy fell down because he touched the puck. And if you see the replay, if you've seen a replay on this, he's right. 
there's there is almost zero contact, zero interference that warranted any call, but it put the caps down five on three. And um I just I can't believe that there was four penalties called within five minutes of playing time from three oh two to eight oh two. Five minutes yeah. of playing time, four penalties called against us. I mean, and again, there's yeah. only one explanation for that, and it's the fact that the, the refs felt like they weren't a part of the game, and they injected themselves into it. And you know, when, when you do that, it affects the outcome in a negative way, and you can't do that. Some, I don't know, either call it, call it the way you called it in the first two periods, or I, I don't know, but it's something, something has to be done. But uh, I, I just want to throw this out there. Bo Halkidis was one of the referees. And I, I got to say, he's got to be one of the worst in the league right now, because I remember another game where he was calling phantom penalties against the Capitals and it was just, it just gotten ridiculous. So uh, once again, here, here he's doing it again. And uh, so I, I just want to point that out. Um, because I, I don't think not enough not enough scrutiny falls upon the refs. But anyway. Was he one of the refs at the Calgary game? Because there was one where Oshi was the guy that got interfered with, but they called a penalty on Oshi. And then there was another one where Cadre literally pulled Kuznetsov's stick out of Kuzi's hand, and they called the penalty on Kuzi. Uh, he was not. He was actually not. Okay. Um, but I was going to say it would not have surprised me, but no, he he was not. Um. But uh, so uh, with uh, all, almost two minutes left in the game, Dylan Strom uh, ties it up, and let me punch up the replay for that one. Um, are we going to get a commercial? Oh yes, there's a lovely right, Chevy well, Silverado while, while while you're doing that commercial break, I just want to give a quick scoring <laughs> update to the people that are doing a live watch along with me. Texas just scored four runs in this game seven of uh, the American League uh, championship game. So they blow up a what was a 4-2 uh, lead now has become an 8-2 lead uh, at the top of the fourth inning with two outs. And so if you're watching live on Twitch, you can see a uh, live scoreboard uh, of this game. Uh, and we are currently rooting against the uh, Astros. Uh, the Astros did finally get their third out, but not until four runs of damage were done. So, and now you can go uh, to your hockey highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, by the way, Chevrolet, I want a big fat check and I want it in dollars, not francs. Um, (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so, uh, okay, so firing up the actual replay here. Uh, All right, so this, it's uh, Kuzi. Ah, Okay, so Kuzi's the one that made this play. And for a lot of crap he's gotten, uh, again, I I think he's, uh, well, he won the shootout and now there's this play. So he starts on the right wing and does his one of his patented wraparound moves like he's going to shoot. Uh, but instead of shooting, he actually tossed it in front of the net. Um, and it was actually TJ Oshie that was camped out in front of the net, and it looked like it was going to go to him. He missed it, and then um, Strom is, was the late man sneaking up uh, on the wing and picked it up and fired it into the net for the game tire. And need then to do more of that. And then off we go to overtime. And yeah, they, there needs to be lesson learned. Uh, needs to be a lot more fluidity, a lot more movement, a lot of nice things like that. And um, yeah, there's just not, not yet. Um, 
lot of, lot of, um, I, I don't know, maybe uh, legs not, sea legs not getting there. I, I don't know what it is, but, yeah. um, but yeah, C4, just like you said, not needs to be more of that perfect example of how, when they put their talents together, they can get it all together and, you know, do what they can do. So, uh, we're all going crazy, and then they push it to overtime, and as much good as Strom uh, did, oh boy. Um, okay, so, yeah, 40 seconds, and it's over. Uh, Cole Caulfield, as I mentioned before, he got the assist on the Canadiens' first goal. Um, he gets the game winner on this one, but it all started on a... Uh, an extremely botched line change. Um, So let me set, I don't, I don't need to see the replay. I'm still seeing it in my head. Um, So let me set the stage for everybody. Uh, Caps were attacking. It's three on three, of course. And they had been this, the shift had been out there for about 40 seconds. So that's about average time for any shift, especially in overtime, because you're covering more ice. Um, And uh, they didn't get a shot on goal, but they were threatening and it was time for the line change, and Strom is kind of caught between, okay, do I forecheck? Do I go to the bench for the change? And he made a motion like he was going to the bench. He took two strikes to the bench and then suddenly turns around and decides to forecheck the Canadian's defender and then turns back around. And by that time, um, they'd gotten it out of their zone and sprung Caulfield for um, the almost breakaway shot on the left wing, uh, lifts it over Kemper's uh, right pad. And yeah, all she wrote, game over. Um, Caps come away with the um, Price is Right loser point. And um, we're all ticked off. But as I mentioned on Twitter, um, it's a moral victory for the Caps because you gotta you gotta celebrate their grit and their their approach to the game once they got down to nothing and i for one was proud of how they stuck to it even though they it did look like their energy was sapped towards the energy of uh, the end of the second period rather uh but they did kind of you know find it within themselves and sucked it up and you know did what they could and uh, i especially like even though the botched line change. I know I did like, really like the fact that Strom took it upon himself to kind of carry the team. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, they're going to need more of that, a lot more of that uh, because you can't outskate father time as has been said. And maybe, you know, it's been called into question, but maybe just maybe Ovi's finally feeling his age. I don't know. I don't want to say that, but it sure looked like that the first two games. So if they can, the Caps can find other sources of offense, other players that can carry the team. And yeah, Ovechkin's not going to carry the team. I don't think anymore. I think he can still be a very important cog in this, you know, wheel or if you will, you know, but it's, it's going to take more of a team effort than it has in the past. And to be honest, they owe him that, right? You know, yes. he carried the team for so long. You know, it's it's time that some of these players, you know, help, you know. Yeah, next man up, step you know. up, get the job done, you know. 
because I think that it'll open up a ton of opportunities. You know, yeah. if, if other players start playing well, then they're going to play off of Ovechkin. And then, you know, if you give Ovechkin time and space, he can still score. So, like, you know, and so, like, but I think that you can't just assume that he's going to score. I think that that's the big difference. So. Right. And, yeah. and unfortunately, I think uh, even more so than the defense, um, my, my friend Doug Lucerarian has pointed this out multiple times. Uh, it, the, the what's hurting the Caps really this year is their lack of secondary scoring. Um, right. And, you know, they, they signed Patchy Reddy over the uh, over the summer, but he's not going to be ready for another month at least um, is, is, is what I'm hearing. And uh, we don't even know how effective he'll be. But on paper right now, he's probably the only threat. Um, but. Yeah, they're, otherwise they're just going to have to find it. Now let let's do a really fast review of these these three. Uh, well, the, all the four games really. So you had the home opener, the opener where they fell behind against Pittsburgh, but played really well to begin with, but fell flat. Um, carbon copy in the Ottawa game, their first road game. So they're the other two games where they did get a point. Carbon copies of each other as well. They started really well, didn't quite get the result, fell behind, came back, and uh, pushed it to overtime, and in the first case, a win. So, you know, it's it's hard. It's really, really hard to judge this team right now. And I, I get that, okay, three points in four games. I get that. Not what we're used to. But towards the end of last season, we did say a lot. There's a something of a mini rebuild going on. Regime change, coaching change. Nothing's going to be like it was. It's going to take some time. So if you're if you're on the ledge, please come off of it and realize it's going to take some time. You need to study how the game actually plays out so you'll know, you'll be able to see the difference between now and hopefully maybe April when they look more like a team that's in sync. But I really, you know, I, I kind of like, and I would throw Strom into this group, but I, if you look at the Calgary game in, in particular, you know, it, it's, well, it's, it's, it's the Mata Hoople song. All the young dudes carry the news. And um, right. it's great to see that because all they, it proves all they needed was a chance. They're getting yeah. the chance and they're, they're doing, they're making mistakes but they're getting the chance and, and good things are happening. And there's still, I've noticed still some habits that need to be broken. You know, you still have a few players once in a while, they carry the zone and the, they carry the puck into the zone and stop skating. You know, they've got a, I've noticed that not as much as it used to be, but you can still see it every once in a while. They'll get the puck in the zone. They stop skating. They look for the next man. Instead of crashing into the net, shooting the puck, somebody said it on one of the chats. We need more of that speed on the shot. It's like we're taking too long to set up the shots. But again, that's something that we've done in the past. There's passing, 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 passing. And by the time we shoot it, the goaltender's ready for it. You know, the defenders are ready for it. So... But again, I, I'm not panicking. This is four games, okay? We've played four games, people. There are 70-odd, what, 82 in the season? So what, 82. 78? Yeah, 82 left. games in the game. So there's 70-something left, right? Yep. right. A long season, people. We're going to be fine. 
even if we don't make the playoffs and i truthfully don't think we're going to see the playoffs for a couple more years we're going to be fine absolutely we are going real real quickly i hate to cut us short but we are uh, at the end of our our time i just want to give the upcoming uh games real fast just to get those in on um you know gills and my show we've got toronto at six o'clock on tuesday it's a nationally televised game that's why it's a little earlier so it doesn't compete uh with a game seven um you know baseball game uh which actually is necessary now but we'll talk about that in the baseball segment in a little bit um also I was wrong with the scoring update, but I'll get into that in, in a in a future segment. But it was only two outs; it wasn't three. Uh, so uh, in the baseball game, uh, they're still um, you know playing uh, right now. Um, I did miss the the final score of that inning. Uh, but the upcoming games again: Toronto six o'clock, and then we go at New Jersey the next day on Wednesday at seven thirty, and then Friday, so one day off, and then we have Friday versus Minnesota at seven. And I'll then, be at that game. Nice. And then Sunday, October 29th, uh, San Jose. It's a five o'clock game. It's a matinee game on Sunday. So um, this is a big week. I'm kind of happy that there's a condensed schedule. Let's see what we got What we got from our guys. And this will be the real test, right? You know, and oh, yeah. Not some a lot quality, of and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some quality uh, competition there, especially Toronto. So, uh, yeah, um, going to be going to be real, really interesting to see how they adjust. Yeah. Um, I think Minnesota might be uh, tough too. Yeah, they, they, I, I think, think they've so. been playing pretty well so far. So, so, yeah. so next week we can uh, dedicate a little bit more time, and we'll recap all four of those games. Oh, and I, I, I hate to cut it short, but I do uh, have a football segment that is coming up. But I really, <laughs> Gil, I appreciate doing this with you and being uh, part of an abbreviated, um, you know, power play point podcast. But you can always preview these four games in an addendum segment if you need to as well. Absolutely. And uh, Robbie, thanks. Uh, thanks once again for uh, helping us out in in uh, in uh, something of a pinch and uh, hosting us uh, again. And, uh, you know, been there for us. Uh, I, I don't need to say it, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for that. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wind it up here as we um, segue into the next week. Um, so for Robbie Gross and C4, Cheryl Ann Forster, this is the Blue Liner on Point signing off and reminding you that... Don't laugh, Robbie. <laughs> um, I put another uh, food item on the market. It's a combination laxative with alphabet soup. I call it... Letter Rip. Hallelujah, and let's go Caps. Let's go Caps. Let's go Caps. All right, perfect. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Gil and C4. I'll clip that up for you, um, and we're going to bring in uh, Hurt now, but I uh, appreciate both of you, and we'll talk to you guys next week for our special right. big Halloween episode. Um, uh, that should be a lot of fun. All right. All right. Thank you, Robbie. Gil, Thanks we'll again, talk Robbie. to you soon. Night, Cheryl. Good night. All right, with that, we're going to switch um, our uh, graphics over and we're going to bring in our um, uh, football correspondent here um, with uh, Big Hurt. Um, welcome in, Hurt. How are you doing tonight? It's been a long day. It's been a long 24 hours. I'm not going to bore you with all of it, but uh, I'm not happy. Not happy at all. 
Yeah, I'm not happy either. So let's uh, do a quick little reset. Uh, we've been talking uh, a little bit of hockey. Uh, by the way, it's a, seven, a 16 to seven game um, in the Vikings versus San Francisco, which is a little surprising because usually Cousins doesn't do this well on uh, primetime games, but there's still a lot of uh, game left to be played. Uh, a reset here in Texas is up eight two in their game seven uh, over Houston in our baseball. And if you're on Twitch, you can see the live scoreboard of that. I was very disappointed. Two games this season against teams that are uh, terrible or seemingly terrible, and we make them look really good hurt in the first half, and we dig ourselves such a big hole that we can't get ourselves out of it, even though I think that we make adjustments and play a decent second half. Uh, but it's just it's too much. And uh, the same script, I was scared that they would repeat themselves with the Bears. You know, I, CP3 in his pregame was you know worried that this was a trap game part two. Um, I don't understand how we could let this happen again, but, uh, what are some of your thoughts? Well, the only, I want to say this, right. The only difference between this team and previous teams is that previous teams will play well in the, in, in the second quarter and maybe the first quarter, we seem to be a third and fourth quarter team, but the only side of the ball that's making adjustments is the defense. Jack Del Rio is the only person on the staff making adjustments. He's the coach that people hate the most, but, you know, the defense gets it together. And we have constantly, we, are, we don't have an identity. Constantly, we've been playing to the level of our competition. If our competition is really good, Philadelphia, we play really good. If our competition is really bad, Denver, we play really bad. Giants, we played really bad. Giants, terrible. They're ass juice. So to lose to them hurts. Although, when I saw Tyrod Taylor was going to be playing us and not Daniel Jones, I was a little afraid. Um, but, yeah, look, they beat us and they were acting like they won the damn Super Bowl and scored a touchdown. When we were down 14 nothing. I still wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid because I'm like, this team has proven they can come back from deficits. And we just didn't come back with deficit. Chase Young played like the second or third best game he's played in his entire career. There was holding all over the place. There were questionable calls, but you can't leave the game in the hands of the referee, especially against the Giants. It shouldn't have been close. We should have blown them out. And so now I'm looking at Eric Bieniemy where, and um, the the talking point in Commander circles is: Did Andy Reid get us again? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's so frustrating. I just, and I got, I was so excited. I got to watch this game hurt. I thought I was going to be going to a birthday party. My daughter was sick. So she was upstairs sleeping. I had the whole house to myself. I was excited. I sat down. I finally have a quiet house watching a game. First time I've gotten that for, I can't even tell you how long. And uh, you know, and I just was like, holy shit, this is the horrible first half. And then I went on it and I did a live stream test of this software just to see if it would work. And then we started kicking ass, but I'm always very superstitious. I'm like, never live stream during a game, blah, 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 blah. I turned it off. And literally that was the only touchdown we scored was while I was live. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have turned it off. Maybe I should have had a screaming czar in my face just for the, <laughs> the sake of the commanders. But it was like fourth down and the missed field goal. And it's just, we had opportunities to come back in this game. And it's just like, so many opportunities. The, the missed field goal, um, 
that was a fluke block. I can deal with that. Um, you know, I could deal with stuff like that in 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 a microchasm, but and the fourth down play, I mean, I mean, oh, I just it should have so got to that things. play. You know, I I that that reception that they didn't have that got called a reception that ended up being a bad break before. I mean, we ended up getting the ball back after that, but it was it was that that was rough. Um, Ron showed more fire yelling at the referees that I believe he showed at his team. You know, it was just too much arm folding. Him yelling at the refs was refreshing. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, show some fire. Let's let's go. Let's turn this thing around. And, you know, the defense went out and did what they were supposed to do. Got us the ball back. We're driving. Jahan Dotson drops the game-tying touch. It's like on one play, Sam Howell misses. Two players are wide open for the touchdown. He misses both of them. Like, he just, if he throws the ball, I believe it was Gibson or Robinson that was running free on the wheel route. And those are Damani Brown. Damani Brown catches it. Either one of those is a touchdown. And he takes you another sack. Our, our, our offensive line is offensive. That's not an NFL offensive line. Like, it's comical. Yeah, I, I can't tell if it's, but it's like we know that the screenplays were working and we're still not running them. Uh, I, I just don't. I, I, slant plays, screenplays, something fast. I, I just, we know the problem is our offensive line. Why can't we like deal with that? Why aren't they calling so many screenplays? You know, to the point where like they are guessing you're going to do screen and then you do something else. I, I just. It really I, I don't, I don't understand why the enemy decided that the screenplay worked so well. He wanted to save it for another day. Um, it's like, okay, we're just not going to do it today. I, I don't understand it. The rolling pocket was cool. I don't understand why we didn't see more of it. It seemed to work every time. Every single time we rolled the pocket, it worked. Um, like these plays Sam work wasn't making the most accurate throws, but. But I mean, some of these like screenplays he can make though. I, I, you know, I mean, they're not complicated, you know, passes, you know, so to speak. You know, like I, those aren't the ones he's missing. Um, it's just it's it's such a bother to me that like everything that's working they just don't continue to do. And you know, I get frustrated with teams sometimes that run a play too often and then it gets stale. But like, we don't even give it a chance for that. Like, it's yeah, just... that was that was that was something I used to argue about with Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden would run a play, it would work, and he'd be like, "Great, see you next week." Because yeah. Jay Gruden had a game plan. He had all the plays he was going to call the entire game on the list, and that was how he ran it. It was like, "These are my plays," and that's all. Nothing else. Nothing else coming. It's so cocky, I, I and it's so misguided. I just don't understand, like how that works you know like i just uh and it's like how can we see this we're not getting paid to do it you know we've watched a lot of football but like wh- what they're just their ego <clears throat> it's just so great that they can't make adjustments and i just don't it's very frustrating because i know that we're close you know a lot of these games are closer than the scores indicate there's a couple of plays here and there we kind of change them up and who knows where we're going to be in in this season, but you can't lose to the worst two teams. I mean, these are, these are losses that will come back and haunt us. Even if we come back and somehow I wouldn't be surprised if we beat the Eagles this week, right? We played them tough the last time. Nah, nah, nah. I think, I, I, I think 
I think we've been exposed. I think people understand that if they just blitz us over and over and over, um, good things are going to happen for them, which is funny because Del Rio still doesn't understand that if you blitz like that, good things happen. But I, I think teams will continue to blitz us until the enemy makes an adjustment. I think the only adjustment that can be made at this point is a trade. Um, I'm going to say this publicly. I think you have to trade Chase Young. You have to trade him now. Yeah, his value is very high, and I don't know. You got to trade Chase Young. You possibly have to trade Montez Sweat. You got to you got to break up that front four. You got to get rid of one of them, and you have to get either high draft picks or an offensive lineman. But someone needs to be coming in off the street to the offensive line. Something has to happen. There has to be an offensive lineman out there, a right tackle out there. Wiley is a joke. He's a joke. Yeah. I just, I, I, it's no, I just don't understand how we can get to the point where our offensive line is as bad as it is when we've known that this is going to be an issue for so long and we just keep on not drafting it. Really, we, we see these eye candy moves in the draft and we get them. And instead of just drafting an offensive line and a defensive line, and just being done with it, you know, like, you can get quarterbacks and stuff like that, you know, through other means. And I just, ah, oh, these projects. There's, there's got to be, there's got to be a balance because with this team, we've, we had a great offensive line, but we had no skill position players and no defense. Now we have a great defensive line. We got some skill position players, no offensive line. There just has to be a balance and we have to find it. Yeah. I just don't even know. I know our time is short uh, and you've got to go. Quick last thoughts on the Eagles game coming up this week. Um, Pain. The Eagles have found themselves. I don't know what we did so well against them last time, but I predict pain. I predict a thrashing, a smashing, a whooping, a cooking, and possibly. I know I've heard that Josh Harris is patient, but I think that if we get destroyed by the Eagles, I think something has to happen Monday morning. That's my call. I think something has to happen Monday morning, even at three and five. Um, if we're not performing, something has to happen. That's all. Before I let you go, I just have to put this on screen. Can we see if we can see this? You got Big Hurt having an epic week coming back in there and taking first spot. And look who's number two. You know, it, would that be me? And then right there, also tied with number two, is we got Champ coming up uh, in the next segment. I, uh, I you know, I, I saw some things going. <laughs> and, and to be honest, it's, it's messed up. I'm in a couple of pay pools. If I had used um, my picks from ESPN in the pay pool, I would have won um, both of the pools that I'm in this week. But I made some some variations. I also think, I think I have Minnesota winning tonight. I think, I think I picked Kirk Cousins to get his first primetime win because that was a trap game for uh, San Francisco. And it's a game that Minnesota has to have. Wow. And Kirk Cousins is the luckiest quarterback in the history of history. 
Right. Well, I mean, you, you got it. Oh, he just missed a touchdown right there. Um, 16-7 in, in that live game right now. And I did not have that. So that'll help give you some cushion if that happens that way. But uh, epic week for you. So congrats on that because that's big. Uh, Sith is right there. Also, um, Dujanae is just two games back and um, um, or three wins back of you and two of me. And then uh, we've got Arun who's coming up is also doing well. So it's kind of fun to see everyone on the show tonight uh, crushing it in, in the in the pick. And thank you for doing that with us every year, as always. And uh, we'll let you go. And uh, maybe we'll have you back next week on the Halloween episode. Who knows? Maybe a random episodes, Victory Monday. You know, it's the day before Halloween, but I'm still celebrating. Uh, but we'll hope. I, I also, with you, I will not bet on our team um yeah so uh but we'll see how it goes but thank you hurt as always and hope that you have a great night fuck these guys <laughs> yeah all right um with that we'll bring in uh, dc's people's champ um and uh we're gonna bring in dujanae as well um we're gonna continue on our uh commander's talk uh oh just missed it oh and he got a kick in the face as a thank you for missing that uh catch right there um uh we've got a big night ahead of us we're still going to talk a little bit more about this uh football uh, right here it's first and goal um for the vikings and they're trying to get it in uh looks like they they fumble the ball no um they're, they're calling it days down Oof. anyway um I'm going to bring in champ first. How are you doing tonight, champ? Uh, hanging in there. Misery Monday is always, but of course I had to wear my wizard shirt in honor of the fact that the wizard season begins this coming Wednesday. So, you know, I would love to be excited about that, but it's a rebuild year. So it's probably going to be a crap year. Right. Sounds good. And um, we've got Dujanae Bland, the host of the not bland show. Uh, it's doing great on facebook and all streaming services and it's been fun to watch uh the first couple episodes of that but uh DJ, how are you doing tonight not too bad man not too bad ready to ready to just fire off <laughs> yeah exactly it's a bit of a rough um time i i will do a live score reset though texas rangers is up eight to two over houston in a very strange american league um um championship uh game it's in the middle of the fifth now uh houston's going to be uh, up to bat but uh kind of a surprising uh, turn of events there it'd be interesting if all the road teams win that series a la the you know world series against houston uh just a couple of years back uh in 2019 uh and uh they're going backwards in this minnesota game uh, so second and goal from now the six yard line uh, in that one. So we'll give scoring updates on that throughout this whole segment. But yeah, usually we've already talked to Hurt a little bit about it. Give us some of your thoughts on uh, this uh, really disappointing game for the Commanders. Well, three out of the last four, it seems that either Brian, either either Eric Bieniemy doesn't hear what the opponents are saying or just chooses not to even be relevant as far as what their tape is. Uh, what really ticks me off is that Don Martindale came out and said that he was going to blitz. Okay. Now, first series, you, you get ransacked. Okay, fine. No problem. You come back out, you make the adjustments. Look, they're going to blitz. We'll start trying to roll you out, 
get you out, you know, out on the on the edges and make some plays. Nope. He just continues to bang his head against the wall, expecting different results, getting the same. And it's starting to, you know, good guy, love his coaching style, but at the end of the day, uh, his arrogance is getting on my nerves. Because at the because right from the jump in the first quarter, they were kicking your nuts into your stomach. And yet you continue to repeatedly do the same things over and over again, getting piss poor results. I believe they had 46 yards of total offense the first half. First half. Everybody want to look at Sam Howell and blame, blame, blame. Now, don't get me wrong. I was ready to pull him after the first half. They were getting nothing. They needed a spark. It's nothing against the guy. They pulled Forbes to sit him down, let him think about what he was doing. And I felt that would, would be something that would be necessary. But you kept him in. Now, all of a sudden, you can figure out in the fourth quarter how to roll a roll an offense out after they done annihilated you all game. It just makes no sense to me. And again, Martindale came out this week in that week saying what they were going to do. You know, your offensive line is a revolving door. I mean, we've seen it week after week after week. You've got to do stuff to help out your offensive line, therefore help out your quarterback. I mean, he's been sacked 40 times, people, and we're in week seven. 40. It's asinine. And in a game where the defense stepped up, made plays, kept you in that game, and your offensive coordinator just like, look, we're going to, we're going to, yep, we know the bridge is out, but we're just going to keep driving and run right off of it. I know it's out, but I'm going to keep going anyway. It's, it's really disheartening. Um, and, and it really lies at his feet. That's, that's all I, ha- I mean, <laughs> don't even get me started on the coaches. We'll get there, but geez, I, it's, it was absolutely the most asinine thing I've, I've seen this season. Again, three out of four of these losses, they've pretty much been dominated. And you have a guy in Eric Bieniemy that just continues to do what he's going to do because he's going to try to outsmart something that you basically are exposing them for what they can't do. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. Yeah, I just, it's so frustrating because I just, I don't really know who to put the blame on because there's times where the defense lets us down, there's times where the offense lets us down, and, you know, I I still think our lucky stars have a good special teams, you know, but it's just, but then we had the the blocked field goal kick. I I mean, that was a good block. I don't necessarily, you know, it was. um, But it's just, it's frustrating because that's a, it's a momentum killer, right? I mean, you get points there and I, it kind of changes a lot of the dynamics of that game, you know, even though it still would need a touchdown because it'd still be down four, but I don't know. I, I think it just from a confidence point of view, I think it would you know come away with some points there and the red zone would have helped, but it's just frustrating. And look, the defense made some mistakes, right? But that's going to happen. Uh, the pass on the sideline that, 
I didn't think he had two feet. They tried to say he had the foot in before he even had possession of the ball. I don't even get all that, but whatever. That's what you want to call it. Sometimes you're going to have good throws that are just going to beat the coverage that you have. I called and, it to somehow fuck us over on that, though. Yeah, right? even I had a gut chat, feeling. I was like, like, I, was like I, I think they're going to fuck us, even though we both we all know this is not the right call. Yeah, I, 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 I it <laughs> wasn't a good day, and it definitely wasn't one of those things that was going to go their way. Um, and the defense gave them several opportunities uh, in the second half that they did nothing with. So if you keep doing that, eventually, I mean, they're going to they're going to find a way to move the ball. Um, and it's just fortunate that it was only 14 points on the board. Uh, give credit to Jack uh, Del Rio and that defense. They they balled. They balled on Sunday and their offense repeatedly let them down over and over and over again. And like I said. It just, to me, it starts It starts at the top with the head coach, but it definitely starts with the offensive coordinator. Um, you got to help your quarterback, and you got to help your offensive line. <clears throat> you know, running the football the way they did, I think they added, they added a, a tight end. Sometimes they had a two-tight end set. Uh, you know, those are things you're going to have to do. And if Brian Robinson is not going to hit the hole and going to be tentative and skip to Malou, my darling, then you're going to have to put in another running back that's going to hit the hole and give you some yards. Three, four, doesn't matter. Positive is better than nothing. And Robinson is just not doing what he was doing earlier in the year with hitting the hole. He's just skipping around, you know, like he's skipping in the rain. Like, we ain't got time for that. And if you're not... Christian McCafferty just ran past the entire team. (laughs) It was... I just watched him just blow by... (laughs) everybody i was like wow is he like going to dump like turbo speed it reminded me of the old like boost button yeah uh, you know and i'm just like he started off slow and then just boom hit a hole and left three people in their dust they all fell over it was like almost <laughs> cartoonish like it was like holy holy shit anyway it's a big play because uh now the extra point coming and it is good it, it cuts us to 14 and 19 so the fact they weren't able to get it in the end zone within the you know five yard line you know they got in the red zone really deep and got a field goal and then san francisco comes right back and punishes them with a touchdown makes it only a five-point game here um but yeah it, i it's just frustrating i i don't even know what else to bring about it. you know some of the players are frustrated i'm going to ask champ this question because tina just asked it in in chat about jonathan allen uh what are your thoughts on on his comments and you can see the frustration mounting uh for these players man's is tired man's is fucking tired it's the same fucking bullshit for the last seven years he said he's fucking tired look i felt him i felt him look i've been dealing with the same frustration for the last 20 plus years I still remember the glory years of the mid, of the early to mid nineties. It's been downhill since 99. So trust me, he's been dealing with for seven years. I've been dealing for over 20 years and I understand his frustration. Look, okay. So here's the problem I had with this game. Third down efficiency was terrible. They 6. went one, 6, 7%, just, just so you one know. for 15 on the game. It did. It took for the, it took until the fourth quarter for them to convert it for a third down. The fourth quarter, three and a half quarters, they couldn't convert a third down. They finally did it in the fourth quarter. That final drive, they went 18 plays. Had Dotson made that catch, I think we're talking a different result most likely because he at least gets the first down. He may not get a touchdown the way he was drifting out of bounds, but he at least gets a first down, and they give themselves a chance. 
The run game, they don't trust the run game. After after the first half, they only had 31 rushing yards in, in one half. They're not trusting the run game. And they have Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, who Dujanay just uh, outlined, just not doing what he's supposed to do. But they have Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, he's been really good. I Balling. like him. Yeah. Chris Rodriguez has absolutely shown me something. I even I made the joke in our group chat. I said, uh, Chris Rodriguez gonna mess around and take B-Rob job. <laughs> he keep this up. Cause I mean, he was running, he was running the way you're supposed to run, honestly. Um, also, the penalties, there were too many costly penalties, though. That intentional grounded penalty that was early on in the game, I thought that was bullshit because the receiver was literally right there. Like you could yeah. see he was right in the vision of the ball when it went out of bounds, but yet they still call grounding. Um, and I thought that was absolute crap. So, but other than that, there were too many penalties that were a little bit too costly for my taste. And I also want to say, Benjamin say Juice played well. He had that one play where he got beat on a yeah. double move. Yeah. Other than that, he actually played very well in this game. And I think that that's something to be the to look at as well as what Chase Young did, what that defensive front did. The defense, and it's been said already, the defense did every single thing you could possibly do to keep this game dig this team in this game but the offense just could not get out of its own way and couldn't muster up anything until that final drive where they started to move they started to move they were starting to go 18 plays and it came down to a fourth down and short and an incomplete pass to lose the game very disappointing hopefully they learn from this hopefully they take Jonathan Allen's frustrations into account even chase young when they um asked him about his two sacks he said he didn't care because they still lost so clearly there are some members of this team that are starting to get really frustrated and pissed off and i think the rest of the team needs to be like have that same mentality because otherwise we're gonna have issues here well yeah. I, I listen to terry talk and, and i listen to um you know uh dawson talk and they can only do what their coordinators calling. I mean, just the bottom line. I mean, I, I don't know what else more you can do with the with the offensive line that basically just turns to the side and watches guys run right it's by like, them. It's like Olay. Like they have like yep. a little, you know, there's a swoop. I, mean, they, they, I don't they, know what else you can do. They call do that a lookout block. <laughs> yeah. yeah look, exactly. What they do is they get up and say, look out. Exactly. They're, all, they're all yelling look out. So you don't even know which direction to look out. Like, you know, it's just. Uh, Your offensive coordinator has got to do a better job of helping out. I mean, you know, they're 29.47%, which is 31st in the league, uh, only converting 36 third down conversions per game, not good. Um, and, and the penalties this past game were 10 for 75. That's too many. Um, but I, I it, there's a lot of frustration in this locker room. Um, they got one more game. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I said in the chat, Ron Rivera's voice to me is stale in the locker room. And to me, it seems like he doesn't have any voice. Go back a couple of games and what what did you tell him? Uh, I let the guys talk for themselves. Really? Really? As the coach, I'd have been somebody's this would have been gnawed off. Okay. There's no way you don't go in there and not say nothing with the performance they put up against it, the Bears. So it's quite apparent that his voice is null and void in that locker room because they come out flat 
every week. I, I don't want to hear no more about starting fast on offense, okay? Because y'all, there's no doing that. They haven't done that. I mean, here again, another game against the New York Giants, a team that they should have mollywopped. They come out and look like, I mean, I, I can go to the high school team right down the road here and they play better offense than what was played on Sunday. By the so. way, by the way, the commanders are true uh, streak breakers because that block field by the Giants was the first one they had in six years. Like I told you, if you want to get right and you want you want some negative streaks to be broken, come on to Washington. We got you. We always make the Giants look good in, in the Meadowlands. So that's just something that's been a true story of the last 20 years. I yep. would say more often than not. They probably won 18 of the last 20. I don't even know the stat, but that's just how it feels to me. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's brutal. Tina's in chat saying, I no doubt that would make the Giants look bad. She also says that she likes Ron, but we can't blame Dan. And I agree. It's it's not his, but, I, you know, I'll ask you the question, Dujanay. Hurt was saying that he actually thinks that on defense they make adjustments and our offense is not making the correct adjustments and they're not doing the screen. You know, Evie is supposed to be that guy. Why isn't he making these adjustments? And why, when things are working, is he? Do we not see them again? I just because he's he's a he he's a Super Bowl winner. He has had success, and he thinks that he can come in here and scheme it up and thinks that it's supposed to work because he's got the horses and no doubt he has the horses on the outside. No doubt. Okay. No doubt that he has, has some viable tight ends that can make plays. The problem is though, what you're, he's failing to realize is that your offensive line couldn't block their own shadow. So whatever you want to do, you have to make adjustments for. And again, this is the same crap I talk about with other coaches like Brandon Staley, Josh McDaniels, you have to make adjustments and work with the talent you have. So you may not be able to run everything that you want to run. And secondly, well, you know, you've been getting blowed up by the blitz. You don't come into a game and disregard it. If you're going to disregard it on the first, the first uh, series, okay, you wanted to see what you could get away with and you couldn't get away with it. Then you make an adjustment. It's not that he can't make an adjustment. It's the same thing, you know, I, I, I was telling Carol, no, no, this is not, not arrogant. No, no, nope, he's right. Jay Gruden, at type attitude, um, guy smart, guy really knows this stuff. We've seen these plays and how they work and, and what he does, but dude is arrogant. And he needs to, he, he, you think the Bears game, you would have had some humble pie. Nope, that wasn't good enough. <laughs> that wasn't good enough. So you get you get worked on offense here. You hope you have some humble pie going into this game at home. Because if you don't, this is going to be the same thing over and over again because they know how to beat you and you won't adjust to the fact that that's, that's your weakness. We just going to keep doing things that we're weak at and get blowed up. It just makes no sense to me. And well, like I, I said, it, it falls I on coaching. Losing or winning this next game against Philly somehow, some random way, and then turn believe. it around and and lose to New England. You know what I mean? Like it just it wouldn't shock me that we we pull this shit all the time. I don't think they win this game. Yeah. I don't what know. what I, don't I think what I work. think what I think is is that somebody's going to lose their job. There's no there's no reason why now you can't look this bad 
for four games that you for three games of the four games you lost. You cannot look this bad. And Magic Johnson called you out before. He didn't have nothing to say after this game. That's not good. That's not good at all. And they're going to give you – because if you lose this game here, to me, the locker room is already lost, in my opinion. Now, the defense is pissed, and I think Jack's got his guys. But the offense, I, I, don't, I don't think as a whole they believe in Ron Rivera anymore. That's the bottom line, period. That, that's just a number one. It's very clear. Look at the games that you had to come out and you should have came in and kicked folks in the teeth and you got kicked in the teeth because they come out flat and lethargic. That's on the coach all day long. We've seen it for Ron several years now where they come out flat in big games that they should be punching folks in the mouth. So if they lose this game, somebody going, somebody going up the road, period. And, and and I'm I'm to the point now that ain't nobody gonna keep their job on the staff, including Eric Bieniemy. You're done. Yeah. Three and four in this in this with this schedule, and you've had winnable games with this with this squad, and you come out and you look like complete utter dog poop. But they're not even trying the plays that are working. That's the part that just keeps them baffling me. Is we're seeing the screen work, and they just. Don't do it. But he doesn't make adjustments. That's that stuff happens late in games when when they their backs are against the wall and and he all of a sudden figures out that you know what the game plan that I thought that I was going to do I can't do that because uh, we're getting blitzed and uh, Sam is getting sacked a lot. But he figures that out in the fourth quarter. Now I don't know. Earlier in the season, it seems like he was making adjustments quite quickly. Now he just beating his head against the wall, expecting for stuff to work because that's what he wants to do. And again, like I said, that's arrogance. And to be quite honest with you, I'm quite sick of it. So if you want to keep being arrogant, fine. But I guarantee you, there won't be a whole bunch of people that's going to have some jobs if they lose this game next week. Yeah, look like look like that at home again. Oh no. Mm-mm. So and the tough thing is the, the Eagles are a good team. So it's not an easy thing, but we have proven that we can keep it close with them and we can play them well. Um, I think what we got to do is we got to turn the script on its head. They're going to look at this Giants game and try to replicate it because they know that it worked, yep. right? So we've got to do everything that's the opposite of that game. We got to run so many screens that blows their head off. We got to run so many quick routes, things that are coming in and fast and hot and doesn't give them an opportunity to, and then once they have to start, they stop the blitzing, then you can go back to a normal, you know, system. So here's my game plan for offense. First of all, you need to find a better offensive co- offensive line combination. That crap ain't working. I don't believe in them anymore. And quite frankly, none of them have earned their starting spot. It's time to mix this crap up and find a combo that works. That's the first thing you do. Second, you get a little bit more creative with this run game, okay? If Brian Robinson is not going to hit the hole the way he should, he wants to, you know, be Mary Poppins and skip it in the rain, nah, bye, sit on the bench. We don't have time for that. Need to run downhill with the ball. And you need to be more creative with the run. Three, screens are a defensive uh, line that wants to rush upfield and, and meet at the quarterback's worst enemy. You've got Samuel. You've got Gibson. You've got uh, uh, McLaurin. You've got guys that can, can really scat off of a screenplay. You better get creative with that. And you need to, it needs to be one, two, three, 
and the ball is out. No more seven-step drops because it's seven-step drops and we watching Hal spin and he's on the ground. It's not rocket science. We Shorten it up. Any trick plays either. You know, no things. You know, well, how are you going to get off a trick play? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, even a jet sweep, getting some direction, misdirection going yeah, away. You I know what I'm it. saying? Like, you know, like, we just don't even see I don't see need it. to see talent enough to be doing no shit like that, Robbie. Let's be for real. I know, but oh, like, being so real. Big problem. I agree, but like I, we have to try different things. We're doing the same thing. We can sit here and call these plays, and they can just tee off and blitz. And you know, what about like a wildcat where you just you know you're, you're running it out of I don't know, just you know, run the ball, do different things. You know, I, 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 I if we see the same exact game plan that's failing again. Yeah. It's going to be very frustrating. I agree. Season. But but that's uh, what I would do. I yeah. mean, you have I'm with to. you. You have to. There's there's no way. You can't keep dropping back seven steps. All you got to do is go back and look at the tape. The tape don't lie. They can't and block. And that's the thing right there, is D, DJ, is the tape. See, everybody got hyped for how because he had that one start against Cowboys in the last season, his only game he played, so nobody had no tape on him. Now they have tape on this kid, and they know he has trouble recognizing defenses. They know he has a poor line, and they know that if nothing's open, he can't go off schedule. He can't improvise. They know this now. So now they, they see that, okay, he's definitely a rookie because he can't play. He can't throw off schedule. He can't improvise. He's going to drop back five or seven steps. He's not going to have nothing. He's going to sit there and take it. But you know That's what I think? What we that, have. You know, I think the 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 lack of being able to recognize things for how is the fact they just simply doesn't have enough time. By the time they get back there, the the way that the routes are called, there's not there's no hot to go to, and then you watch him force a ball in, trying to throw it a little early, hoping that his guy can make a play, and he throws a pick. I mean, everybody is every, the only thing that I blame Sam Howell for is for holding the ball too long. There's times where the ball should have been out early. You waited a little bit longer and the defender is able to knock it down because you waited too long. You need to throw it ahead of time. You got to throw the guy open. You can't wait for him to come open or think, wait for you when you think he's open. But the other stuff is he just doesn't have enough time to make those decisions. And it's either, you know, like, like you saw a couple of times, he just threw it out of bounds. Because what was he going to do? The routes downfield weren't even open yet because he didn't have enough time to set it up. And that's on the offensive coordinator. You have to make adjustments to, to speed it up, to get quicker routes, three steps, and get the ball out. It's that simple. And then give him an outlet. And if you got to keep an extra guy in the chip, then you got to chip. You got to do something. You got to figure out something. And you, to me, it's, it's a whole new O-line combo. But I think that's where Sam Howell, everybody's harping on a lot of things that he's doing. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I can add a couple guys like, uh, you know, Patrick Ramsey in his day when when he was getting bum-rushed and beat up. I mean, it's just ain't got no time to do anything. How are you going to make a right decision? You got – when you want to make a decision, you just got to force it and hope a guy makes a play because you don't have enough time because you're – Offensive coordinator keeps dropping you back seven steps. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we got this Eagles game and then we've got the New England game after that. I just feel like this is such a pivotal part of our you know, thing. We, we really talked about going into it. They were trying to get two out of three, but, you know, that doesn't 
seem very feasible at this point, but you know, we have to at least salvage one. Um, and uh, it's the season's going to get away from us pretty quickly here, you know, and especially with some of these losses. Uh, the Vikings just scored a field goal, say they scored in their last five drives, make it 22 to 14. Um, it's a pretty long uh field goal, um, and it was up and in, and uh. So we'll see. Maybe Cousins, you know, Hurt, Hurt thought that uh, this was their opportunity. What did you guys think going into this game? Did you guys have the 49ers uh, getting right, or did you have Cousins showing up on Monday Night Football? I, I picked the 49ers. Yeah, I did I too. picked the 49ers too. I don't believe it. Hurt. <laughs> I, it it's still a whole quarter and 20 seconds ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it ain't over yet, Jack. It yeah, ain't over yet. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. So, um, but... Uh, all right, well, you know, I want to be cognizant of your time, Dujanay. So I'll let you get your uh, parting shots in, you know, on you know, this team or anything you want to talk about, and then also let us know who you've got on your show this week. Oh, man. Um, this, this is a cr- critical game at home uh, for a lot of reasons, and I think a lot of fans understand that. Uh, one thing I will say when you watch the Eagles, everybody talks about, oh, it looks like they're getting things going. Look, the Eagles play up to people – that are good opponents. And then when they play average opponents, they play right down to them. That's the problem they've had all season, really. And and I don't, I don't believe for one second that they're together, but if you're going to get the same Eric B enemy that you got last week, this is an L. So there might be a small glimmer that they might come out and be able to battle, but this is, this is a critical moment. They can't look, they can't look, God awful like they did against uh, the the uh, Bears and currently the Giants. So uh, I don't have them winning though. There's no way I can pick them. Um, the defense is going to keep it close for them, and I do believe in that. I think there's a lot of attitude uh, and there's a lot of frustration that they're going to take out on that Giants uh, on that Eagles front. And um, I think they're going to do their best to try to keep it close. They're going to have to have some turnovers for this team, create some short fields, hopefully. Um, but it, like I said, if there's no change and we keep seeing the same stuff we've been seeing for the last three losses, mm, I, it's, it, it's going to be ugly on, on that Monday. Um, as far as the show, uh, Wednesday at seven, we're going to have Darren Williams, Jr. Uh, we're going to talk some NHRA. This is the second to the last playoff race, um, before we hit the final uh, a lot pro stock motorcycle is pretty much decided so it, it's top fuel it's funny car and it's it's uh pro stock and pro stock is almost close to being decided so we're going to talk about that and who's what the possibilities are as far as the championship uh i will be having on uh jaleel lewis we're going to talk a little nfl talk about this officiating that we've seen this weekend i mean it's something i've been talking about since 2016 uh, really some bad calls and some calls that really cost some teams the game or at least a chance to win the game. And we're going to talk about some little topics, hot topics around the league, Raiders, Chargers, uh, et cetera. And last, we're going to talk Washington Commanders, and I'm going to have one of the uh, one of the fans on this week. Uh, I think his name is Rio Robinson, and we're going to talk some Commanders what we want to do here is we want to have the fans point of view, what they think about the Washington commanders and what they think 
about this upcoming week against the Eagles. Like I always say, I think fans deserve a spot in the media. Uh, a lot of these people do great YouTube shows like yourself, Robbie, and they deserve a spot. They also deserve a spot in the locker room if they so choose. And uh, that's what we're trying to do. That's why we're bringing them on and we'll continue to do that. That's awesome. Now, I think uh, that's a big reason why we started doing this show was I felt when we did call in radio, I'd call into a lot of the big shows and they'd give you your 30 seconds and then they'd hang up on you and they'd talk about what you wanted to talk about, but you didn't really get a voice. And if you're lucky, maybe you get a rebuttal or a second 30 second statement. Uh, but those are only you know, few and far between. And you know, yeah. for a long time, we'd have people call in and this used to be a three or four hour show. And we used to let people talk for 30, 40 minutes and, you know, and go on and, you know, on a wide variety of sports topics. I wish, you know, with having small children, I've had to now start the show a lot later. Back in the day, it was started at seven. You could go till 11, right? It's, it's a little harder. I'm not, we're not going to one in the morning uh, here. So, um, but I really appreciate that. And I love that this is, you know, a fan-made, you know, podcast and we can, we're all all, you know fans but we also have media that come in and break it down too and you can get both perspectives together so i think that'll yeah. be a great show coming up uh the links are in chat the links are also uh in the description of the facebook and will be on the description of our youtube uh videos as well but definitely check it out also uh go to sportsothp.com uh click on uh, uh team sports thp you got all of links there uh, and also on the podcast partners button it's been updated and the not bland show can be found there as well but do Thank you as always, and uh, we look forward to breaking down maybe a surprising Eagles win. Uh, yeah, maybe they'll surprise us against all of it. I will hold on to that hope. Uh, although uh, the the faith is dwindling quickly, we'll, we'll call it that way. But uh, yeah. thank you for your time as always. No problem, man. Uh, enjoyed it. And champ, we're gonna have to move you back to next week, but uh, we'll be chatting uh, next Wednesday. We'll be chatting up to that, and uh, we'll have you on. We're gonna talk some wrestling. Got to. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I look forward to the wrestling show and, uh, you know, and again, champs thoughts as well. And uh, thank you again, Dijanae. Uh, no problem. Been, uh, great. And uh, champ, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball actually to start this next segment. Uh, and um, we're, we're also going to uh, bring in a rune uh, for this as well. Uh, let me just change up our graphics real quickly. And then we will, um, that Rangers Astro series got real interesting until tonight. Yeah, very interesting. And uh, it looks like the road team is going to win all the games a la a, um, you know, World Series that we look back on finally in 2019. Um, so, Arun, have you watched any of this baseball or any of this game? Yeah, Scherzer started game seven. He pitched only a couple innings, but he did better than the other guy for the Astros, Brown. And the bullpen for the Astros has been pretty terrible, and the Rangers took a big lead. Last I yeah. checked, it was 8-2, to two, but I don't know what the score is now. I actually. think it's now 10-2. to two. Um, uh, It was, yeah, 10-2, Troy is saying uh in our uh, facebook chat so thank you troy for keeping us updated there it's at a commercial break right now so i took down my score bug i have been having a score bug live on twitch and we've been following it right now uh it's third and six in the san francisco 49ers game um and um kittle escapes uh throws across his body wow right on the floor he caught it i think they're saying did he touch the ground or not oh they're saying that he picked it up off the ground 
and it's a first down. Be interesting to see if they. Um, uh, oh, here's the replay. Oh, it definitely touches the ground. He sells it well, but that is a horrible call. Um, that oh oh, it's not even close. <laughs> it's like on the ground for like two seconds in the slow mo. Um, so um, yeah, it's fourth and six. Yeah, they they, they switch it to the right call. Um, but uh, yeah, thirteen twenty six left in this fourth quarter. It looks like they're gonna have to punt here. But it's uh, been an exciting Monday night football game, and this baseball game has kind of been a, a bit of a laugher. It's uh, I'm sort of surprised. Uh, and how this has kind of uh, failed for the Astros, but I'm not a big Astros fan as we've highlighted before in this podcast. So um, yeah, it is 10 to two now. I'll put the score bug uh, back up on uh, Twitch, Um, but uh, hopefully people are liking the live score bug. Um, And uh, yeah. uh, All right. So Arun, um, the other game, uh, you know, Philly had a chance to finish um, their series off against the Diamondbacks, and uh, they unfortunately uh, didn't do it, or in my wife's opinion, fortunately, she believes that it's going to make it uh, a recession if they win the uh, World Series, uh, so she's rooting for the Diamondbacks. But today in Philly, um, the Diamondbacks won 5-1. to one. Uh, They had a big uh, second uh, inning, uh, out, you know, putting up three runs. Uh, Philly put one back. Uh, but then that was the last run the Phillies would score all day. And then uh, Arizona scored one in the fifth and one in the seventh for that 5-1, uh, forcing a game seven in that game. Uh, Arun, any thoughts on uh, on that series? Yeah, the trio of Nets, they um, got out, strike, struck out um, Schrober, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper in the fifth inning. And after that, it was kind of like a wrap after they only scored one run, as you mentioned. And uh Guriel and Pham homered and it was good enough for the um for the Diamondbacks to come up on top and yeah I guess it'll come to hopefully from an entertainment standpoint the game seven is more entertaining than this one yeah I I hope so too so uh game seven uh will be tomorrow I'm just making sure I get it right on which network it's on um it'll be an 807 game and that will be on TBS. Um, so that'll be an interesting matchup between uh, the sixth seed and the fourth seed uh, here. And, and, um, and uh, you know, it, Tina brings up a good question. Who are we rooting for? You know, I went to college in Philly. And of all the different Philadelphia teams, I like them the most. I know that uh, Nats fans probably don't want to hear that. Uh, but I did root for Philly before the Nationals even existed. And so, you know... I have no tie whatsoever to Arizona and there's a lot of former nationals, you know, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner. Um, and, um, so yeah, my dad has always thought that you kind of want to root for your league, um, in your, uh, division, even if you can, just cause it kind of shows that you're in like the best division. Uh, I don't know how much that works out, but, um, I, I kind of subscribe to that unless it's the Cowboys, you know, I'll never root for the Cowboys and, you know, in any sort of capacity. Uh, but, um, you know, the Eagles have been in championships before and I've rooted for them over the Patriots. Um, and, uh, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Tina says, I'm with you. I'm rooting for Philly and a team playing the Astros. Yeah, exactly. The, um, so it looks like Texas is going to uh, move on. They've got uh, Alex Bregman for Houston's up to bat right now. Bottom of the seventh, two outs here. Uh, they're running out of time pretty quickly. So they're going to have to make huge strides here. Again, down eight runs. Um, Champ, have you uh, followed any of the baseball news? Champ. What's up? Sorry. Uh, I was gonna... No, you're fine. I was asking if you had followed any of the baseball news or um uh... no, I haven't really followed much of it, but no, like I said, I was I've been kind of keeping up with it a little bit, mostly the ALCS because of the fact that it's gone to seven games. Uh and both and both get both series have gone seven. So it's like both teams are gonna like whoever comes out of these championship series are gonna have the same amount of games played in the champion in their league championship series as they go into the world series. Um, I am kind of hopeful that the Rangers can hold on because, you know, Astros, we all know what they're all about. And so we don't want them back in the World Series again, whatever. Um, NL side, I'm kind of on the side of the Phillies because I have a friend who's a Phillies fan. So I would like to see the Phillies in the World Series. I think a Phillies Rangers World Series would be very, very interesting to say the very least, especially given the fact that, you know, Scherzer can get a chance to go up against Bryce. I'm pretty sure that'd be a great matchup. That'd be yeah. an intriguing matchup. Two former Nats. Imagine. Yes, it would it would be um it would be pretty interesting, especially because you know Scherzer and you know Trey were on that championship team together. Um, Tina was saying that she liked the picture of your dog Arun, so I, I thought I'd give her a live uh, action shot of uh, Lily and um, you know passed out um, yeah, during uh, the show. Um, right now the score is still seventeen uh, to twenty-two, uh, second and eleven for the Vikings. Um, it's still ten to two uh, in this baseball game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, been an interesting night so far. Uh, I am hoping Philly was able to pull it off. I was hoping that Philly would win tonight. Cause I have a friend who's a diehard Phillies fan. And every time I suggest that he come on, if they win, they lose. So I did two weeks ago, they lost to, um, Atlanta. I didn't offer last week. They won on a Monday night. Um, uh, it was a uh, game one or two of this series actually, uh and uh and then i said hey if they win you should come on again tonight and they lost so he's like please stop inviting me onto your podcast so um yeah i i was hoping but uh that did not work out um so uh yes so tina said look at she's passed out yeah she is out so um but yeah uh it'll be interesting to see it's kind of cool that both uh series went to a game seven which you know as somebody who doesn't isn't a diehard fan of either of these teams uh at least it makes the sport a little bit more exciting um and uh yeah with that i think uh we've kind of exhausted our our baseball talk um unless Arun, you have any final thoughts no i just saw that the phillies fans left early they wanted to miss they wanted to avoid the traffic but there's time, I guess, always for a four-run deficit. But I guess people were saying it takes two hours to leave the parking lot. So um, not great. doesn't look good, but it's reality of today's world that people just leave early. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's switch gears. I'm going to do the NBA graphic. Um, and uh, we'll pull that up real quickly uh, with our Wizards talks. I'm going to pull up our 
Uh, scores from last week, and we'll preview uh, this upcoming week as well. Um, and uh, so I'm just pulling that up right now uh, for the Wizards. Um, they uh, had uh, – so the regular season starts on Wednesday, so that, that'll be um, exciting. Uh, the two games I guess we didn't talk about – or no, did we talk about – we talked about the Charlotte game last week. Is that right? Yeah. So we yeah, talked about the Charlotte game. Yeah, yeah, we did. So we went to New York, um, and we won that game 131 to 106. And then we lost at Toronto 134 to 98. I'm going to go through the scoring of both games real fast, and then I'll let each one of you guys uh, talk about both games uh, as well. Um, you pool put up 41 points um, in this uh, game against the Knicks. Um, and, uh, I thought that the, the team, you know, played pretty well, uh, overall, uh, it started off pretty close. We were, uh, the Knicks actually outscored the Wizards by two in the first and the Wizards put together a great second scoring 36 points and only allowing 21. Uh, they both teams scored 30 in the third, and then the Wizards outscored the Knicks 36 to 24 in the fourth quarter to take a 12 point lead in that one. And just a dominating, uh, 131 uh, to 106 lead. I don't. I guess I'll let uh, Champ. Why don't you talk about that game first? All righty then. The, we talk about the Knicks game where Jordan Poole went off with 41 points. Let me tell you something. I'm. I'm. I don't know what to make of Jordan Poole, guys. I don't. I don't know what to make of him because he scores for over forty points against the Knicks in one game, and then in the Raptors game, the next one, which we haven't talked about, but he scored seven. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know how how to respond to that. I don't know how to to read that to know. Hey, this is a guy we can rely on to get us scoring and to make us a better team. This is a rebuild year for the Wizards, and you know. You don't have Kristaps. You don't have Beal. It's I'm I'm just I don't know. I don't know. This Nick game gave me a good indicator of some of the positives that this team can do. Honestly, uh, again, defensively is one of the things that's, that's going to be a struggle if they can try to fit, shore that up. And that's always been a problem with this team for the last several years. Since, since I've been a part of this Wizards roundtable, defense has always been our problem. But now you you know hopefully you find some scoring from guys like a Jordan, like a, a Jordan pool or anybody else than Denny Avdia, who they just, by the way, they resigned into an, they signed into an extension this week. Did, did they, they did with Denny Avdia. So Avdia is going to be hanging around for a while. Um, the Nick game gave me some, some, a good point to look at for the upcoming season, but I'm still worried. You're muted, Robbie. Thank you. Sorry, I was. Uh, uh, I'm happy I was muted, but I I logged Lily on to Zoom so she could be part of this conversation. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I'm happy that they're bringing back Denny. You know, I think that we're making some good moves, um, and we're hopefully building towards a future. But I just mentioned to see how we do this year overall. But Arun, what are some of your thoughts on this? Um, uh, first game against the Knicks. Yeah, Jordan Poole is going to have great nights and he's going to have terrible nights. And people after this game 
against the Knicks. There were already lots of Wizards fans were claiming that Jordan Poole is better than Bradley Beal. Let's take it one step at a time. Um, let's, especially since he's only shooting, I believe, like 30% for the entire preseason. That includes a game where they played a bunch of scrubs in an Australian team. And uh, Jordan Poole only averaged single digits, I believe, against the Lakers in the playoffs. So um, it'll be really nice if Jordan Poole can get a couple 60-point games like Kevin Garnett as predicted. But um, let's just take it easy. Um, like, he's not really yet even a top 50 player, but if he gets there, that's nice. But let's settle down with the Bradley Beal. He's already better than Bradley Beal. <laughs> There's a reason why he was available for the Wizards, and hopefully he just becomes like a positive player. But he's going to have great nights, and he's going to have terrible nights like he did leading up into the next game. Yeah, let's talk about the next game. Uh, Denny played well, scored 18. Uh, but, um, you know, Poole put up seven. Uh, and, you know, it's just overall it's a pretty bad defensive effort for the Wizards, which I think is going to be their big struggle, is that they still haven't really solved what they're going to do on defense. Um, and just night in and night out, I think until they can figure that out, we're not going to be able to consistently string a lot of wins together. The Raptors outscored us 31 to 24 in the first, uh, it was a close second. We actually outscored them 28-27. And then the Raptors put up 43 points in the third. And the Wizards only put up 22. So it's a 21-point um, lead in just that quarter. And then they ended up in the fourth quarter. The Raptors put up 33. And the Wizards put up 24. Um, and uh, Champ, what are some of your thoughts on that game? It's just, it just seems like that that third quarter, that seems to be the Achilles heel for this team, regardless of preseason, regular season, postseason. Oh, wait, we haven't been in the postseason forever. Never mind. Um, it seems like once they, they come out of the half, it seems like they come out flat. And that's what happened here. They let this Raptors team just walk all over them coming out of the half. And again, the struggle was on defense. And that seems to be, you know, we have a coach who used to be, who's supposed to be a defensive minded coach, yet this team can't play defense to save their life in some, in a lot of instances. I don't, somebody make, someone make it make sense, honestly. Um, but this, this, this is where I had my worry about Jordan Poole. He went from having over 40 points to only having seven, only he only played 19 minutes granted but the fact that he only scored seven points in 19 minutes that's where i get nervous because i'm like this is you're supposed to be the big you know the big acquisition the big the big thing we got from the trade and you know supposed to be coming in and this that and the third and you know you're having up and you're already up and down and we're only in the preseason like we haven't even started the season yet you're already up and down up and down up and effing down like I I I don't like roller coasters. By the way, I just want to put that out there. I hate roller coasters, and that's what I see from this kid is a is a roller coaster of of production, and I don't like it at all. I don't. Yeah, Arun, um, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Uh, the positive you pointed out, Denny had a pretty solid game. At least the Wizards they didn't have Cal Kuzma, so they can use that excuse. But even just more of the defense is just really bad offense. Jordan Poole with seven points, but what's even worse, he had a 7% field goal percentage. And I don't even know when the last time that's happened, seven points and seven field goal percentage, one of 15 from the field. Um, Gafford, he was pretty quiet also, only four points. Like Poole's bad night made Daniel Gafford, people forget about him, he wasn't good. DeLon Wright, he's, he had a pretty solid game, but 
it just feels like he's on the wrong team. This is like a rebuilding team, and he'd be great on a contending kind of team. But but um, I feel bad for DeLon Wright, but he's playing well. He probably played well defensively. Patrick Baldwin Jr., um, he's probably going to be out of the rotation. He was pretty bad. And I guess Johnny Davis, he's also out, so maybe he can play better. Um, and we'll see what happens. If Corey Kispert can get it going. But team with Lent, like the Raptors, they have Otto Porter like and a lot of super long players and their rookie is Grady Dick. So <laughs> let's see if Grady Dick can get it going for the, the Raptors as a r- rookie, the white American from Kansas. <laughs> yeah. So uh big play there. Um, fourth down uh, converted there by San Francisco. Um, they um, uh, just did a, a sort of a dive there. Um uh, also, Texas just uh, – the Rangers just scored another run. Uh, now they're up 11-2 to two in that game. And, uh, yeah, but Brock Purdy, a big uh, rush there to get a first down. Again, they rushed on third and short, and they didn't get it, but they stuck with it and did it on fourth and uh, was able to get it. And, oh, no, interception – Oh, somewhere Anna is upset. Uh, just threw an interception to the Vikings there. And um, just a really bad throw. Um, and it sailed on him. And uh, yeah, that's disappointing. I thought there's a chance that it hit the ground. I just wanted to check the replay here. Uh, so he steps back to throw he throws it in the middle no he just what a oof. let's see here did he trap it any movement nope it looks like that's actually a good catch there they'll get it they'll take over on the 30 yard line um oh big stop um on first down there for a loss um so yeah 520 left in this fourth quarter it's still a lot of the game to be played um san francisco has two timeouts and the vikings have three timeouts again this is the five and one san francisco 49ers right now losing 22 to 17 to uh the two and four uh vikings and um so uh i'll be interested to see how how this game goes here and um this has been a weird week of football. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, going deep. Oh, no. Past interference. Or a legal touching down field. But either way, it's going to give him a first down, 441. Yeah, past interference. Yep. Anyway, this is uh, frustrating. Uh, again, 11, oh, it's 11 to three. I'm sorry. In the Texas Houston game. And, oh yeah, he, he hit him way early. It's a good call. Um, two games upcoming this week. Uh, we've got the Indiana Pacers at Indiana at seven o'clock on Wednesday. And then Memphis Grizzlies at home on Saturday, also at seven. And then next week, uh, there's a seven o'clock game against Boston that we'll be doing a post game live for. Um, and uh, so I want to get your guys' thoughts on on that game. I'll start with you, Arun. What are your thoughts on uh, playing the Pacers and Memphis? 
Uh, the Pacers, they're probably the Pacers are probably. I mean, it's going to be the growing theme of the season. The the Pacers are going to be favored to win, and uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who uh, the Wizards didn't take, and they took Denny instead. He's an All Star. Um, he played for Team USA, and he really stood out. And that's the player to watch. And they were twenty two and eighteen when Halliburton played, and they look like a playoff team. Like if they can stay healthy. Um, let's see if the Wizards can get up for this game. They're going to be the un- an underdog in all of these games probably this season, a lot of them. Yeah. Champ, what are some of your thoughts? Um, so I looked at, because uh, I have the sports uh, app on my phone, and I looked at it, and, of course, their power rankings have Washington at dead last. They had the paces somewhere around 15th or something like that. So clearly there's going to be a lot of people picking the Pacers to win this one. But I think – if uh, Jordan Poole, Denny, and Kuz and them can can really get off, get out the gate and score early and often, as well as play some really solid, sound defense, I think that this team uh, can can actually pull this off and win on the road. It's not going to be easy, uh, especially when this is going to be the first time that everybody's going to be gelling in a regular season game. But I think that they could do it, and I think they can, they will do it. Uh, but it starts with defense. Number one, you got to play deep. You got to play sound defense and you got to get some scoring. So if they can put all that together, I think they can open the season with the win. Yeah. Um, and they here. also have, um, they signed Bruce Brown from the Denver Nuggets and they acquired Obi Toppin from the Knicks. So it should be an interesting roster for Indiana. Maybe the Wizards can win. It's a long season when we haven't seen the Wizards yet in action. So hopefully they come out with a win, but I'm predicting a loss here. Yeah. Um, what are your guys? Uh, so you just gave the Indiana predictions. What are your guys' thoughts on the Memphis game for game two? Um, go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh Yeah. No John Morant. Uh, no. Uh, Tyus Jones is just acquired from Memphis, but they did acquire Marcus Smart. Um, and they have Jaron Jackson. Stephen Adams was just ruled out for the end of the season. I think. Um, I think this game is more winnable because it's, it's at home and the Grizzlies are a little bit shorthanded. So maybe the Wizards come away with the win here. And yeah. um, also one thing to note is uh, with the Memphis game, one thing I forgot to note is that uh, the Wizards did add to their front court depth. Uh, depth they added in uh, John Butler Jr. on a two-way contract. He actually played on a two-way contract with the Blazers last year. Only averaged uh, 2.4 points, but he only played 11.6 minutes. So at least you add some kind of depth to your front court. Now, as for the Memphis game, uh, this is going to be an interesting. It's the, it's the home opener, so hopefully you get a nice packed house. You get a fired up crowd. Yes, it's a, you know, yes, it's a, you know, a rebuild year for this team. And then, of, of course, if you get the victory on Wednesday in Indiana, you have uh, some more hype and some some motivation and things like that. Um, but like like Arun said, you don't have John Moran. He's out on suspension. You may have Kuzma back, so you never know what could what could happen there. Hopefully, all the pieces come together. And again, like I said with Indiana, play sound defense, score, and I think you could beat uh, the uh, Memphis, this Memphis team that uh, can be is a beatable team. It's a beatable team, honestly. Yeah. 
Um, all right, last game is going to be Boston. We're going to be doing a post-game show, so I'll have you guys give your uh, real-time reaction uh, to the you know end of the game slash right after it next week. But uh, I'll start off with you, Champ. What are your thoughts on uh, Boston? This is this is our this is our bitter rivals. Honestly, like when you think of rivalries in sports, you think of Texas, Oklahoma. You think of Washington, Dallas, and you think of the Wizards and the Celtics. I mean, you remember the blackout game years ago. I mean, this is a heated rivalry, but we also know that Boston is one of the toughest teams in the Eastern Conference. So this is a a game where uh, it's going to be an early test for this rebuilding Wizards team to take on a team like this. Uh, There's no guarantee that Al Horford will play because I think it'll be they'll be coming off a back to back, so he might be resting. Uh, But this is going to be a true test of this team to have to take on a team like the Celtics at home to see where, where they stand in terms of the, the Eastern conference. So I think they need to look Boston in the mouth, punch them in the face and then kick them out of their arena and say, go back to Boston. We'll see y'all there next time. Yeah. I'm going to hold it here for a second. It's a big third down and uh, Kirk cousins escapes and he gets it. And then that is going to be the ball game, except there is a flag so I'm very curious about what this flag is because it really could change the complexion of this game here. Um, holding. Oh, it's holding on the defense. It's declined. Yeah, that this game I think is going to be over. Oh, I feel so bad. You know, we gave um, Anna the night off so that way um, she could watch this game. And up oh, yeah, that's a good call. Um, but he's able to catch it anyway. And uh, yeah, well, I guess that that's just disappointing because all of us, I believe, had uh, the 49ers, except for, was I think, Hurt, so that he had um, the Vikings. So, I mean, he might, he's had a hell of a week this week. So, uh, but yeah. Um, Arun, what are your thoughts on this Boston game? Um, yeah, Porzingis comes back. Uh, the Wizards last time they blew out the Celtics, surprisingly, when Beal and Kuzma didn't play, but Porzingis had 30 plus points, and now he's on the Celtics. And I don't really think I think the Celtics will have that on their mind that they got blown out. And I think and maybe it's a back to back, and maybe the Wizards can keep it competitive because the Wizards do seem to play the Celtics tough. But I think the Celtics should, if they keep their focus and they actually remember that the wizards beat them last year. I think Boston should beat the wizards. Yeah. Tina does mention the game isn't over. That's true. Uh, San Francisco use their timeout. It's second down. They will have the two minute warning. Uh, so they, they could get the ball back with about a minute left, but they won't have any timeouts and it's going to be a bit of a struggle, but it, it isn't over. So, um, um, so that's good. And uh, welcome into CT as well. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for all the support over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, uh, just Shabs uh, gave a sub earlier, helped us hit our you know 20 uh, goal. And, um, 
you know, last week we unlocked um, through our subathon the ability to have this uh, haunted thing. If people don't know or they're not watching live on Twitch, our normal layout, you know, looks like this. Uh, it's you know red and it's very you know basic and it's our colors. But uh, we started a Halloween um, command that you can do and it swaps the layout. Um, and we'll be using it next week for our Halloween special. Uh, but uh, since we had already unlocked it, I made it this weekend. You got a lot of animated characters in it. Uh, we got live Pokemon you can catch. And so um, it's kind of fun that you can uh, toggle it back and forth. Uh, any of the VIPs can uh, can do that. And uh, so I thought that was kind of fun uh, as a thing uh, for people to be able to do. Uh, we'll also make it a... Um, uh, a redeem in the future that if people want to turn it on spooky mode it'll turn it on for like 60 seconds later on after it's no longer halloween time um and uh so yeah it's um been uh, a lot of uh fun talking all these different sports with you guys tonight i am excited to talk about that game live next week as well um but uh, I'm going to get any final thoughts from Arun on any of the sports that we've talked about. I know that he didn't really get a chance to talk much about the commanders. If you wanted to give his thoughts on that as well, I, I do want to give a little shout out to the Ravens for kicking some butt against the lions. Um, I know that Tim's not here this week, but um, uh, I was excited to see that at least yesterday as one of the two games I was watching. But Arun, any thoughts on uh, the NFL action from this past week or anything else you want to talk about before we uh, uh, end it for tonight? Um, yeah, Giannis just signed a, a contract extension, $186 million over three years. So he's getting paid $62 million over the next uh, each year. So that's good for him. The commanders, um, I just think that – uh, Howell, he did a great job avoiding that pass rush on the one play, but uh, he threw it a little bit behind Dotson. Maybe Dotson, if he's a little bit better, he can make that catch, but you can't really have those kinds of games against the Giants who are, don't look that good, to be honest. And uh, yeah, the Denny deal, very good deal, I think, for the Wizards. He's actually getting paid like less than the mid-level exception, so good signing for the Wizards and um, hopefully he actually plays better and hits his threes like he did against the um, the Raptors. And that's about it for my thoughts. Yeah, well, I just want to welcome in our Raiders, um, KR Acoustic. I was actually thinking about raiding you tonight, uh, but you beat me to the punch. Um, and so thank you. This is actually one of the largest raids we've ever had. Um, uh, so uh, welcome on in uh, to the 19 viewers uh, joining us from uh, KR's stream, uh, KR Acoustic. Is an awesome streamer uh, out of Canada, a musician, uh, somebody I mod with, and a close friend of mine. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's super nice to have you here. And um, you know, we're just finishing up our uh, talk about some sports. Uh, we've been talking football and hockey and baseball and basketball. Um, and uh, but welcome on in, Fry. Um, and uh, actually, it's funny that. You, our next game, at least from the hockey point of view, it's against Toronto. Uh, so that game is going to be um, tomorrow, I believe. Uh, so that's always a tough game. Um, so I look forward to those matchups. Um, uh, and we didn't really get time because our hockey uh, talk was a little brief uh, just because we were trying to record a podcast within a podcast within a show. 
Um, and we also needed to get hurt in as well in the first hour. But I hope that you had a great stream, KR. I hope that you're having a good one, uh, Fry, and uh, anyone else that came in on the raid. Um, this is a show where we talk sports mostly. I do sometimes uh, do arts and graphics. Uh, you can see here, uh, I also teach people how to make interactive displays. Like we can make a tree come out of nowhere and uh, attack people. And uh, you can throw snowballs at us and we can light us on fire. And uh, I'm always trying to do different things. You can also play um, um, Pokemon games with us as well uh, in chat if sports is not your thing. Uh, but uh, we also make emotes here and do some other cool stuff. We have a new emote uh, that we just unlocked last week. Uh, it's the Mew one. It's really cute. Uh, the Mew peeks in, uh, flies through the screen, gives a heart. Uh, I'm super happy. It's the longest like storytelling emote that I've ever done. Uh, and then we also have the fire emote as well. Um, and uh, you can see the Charizard shooting a fireball. And then a little bit of a programming note and other stuff. Uh, I hope to make a new one for our sports animated emote. Um, and uh, that's the next one that's going to be updated. Um, I'm hoping to update that uh, by not next week, but the week after that. And uh, I really like these animated uh, displays that we're doing for our live uh, show and uh, so I may end up doing some more of that kind of work and uh, on top of that there's talk that more animated emotes are going to be opening up for affiliates uh, and uh, also for partners and if that happens I may start um, raffling off um animated emotes where i can make you know if you give a certain amount of bits you get a cool emote designed by me on my channel or i can even give it to you for your channel as well if you're a streamer uh so those are some ideas i have coming down the pike also twitch listed lifted their exclusivity ban for affiliates and so now we can stream on all platforms as long as we're not directing people off it and not being like, hey, we're streaming live here on Twitch, but actually come talk to us on Kick. As long as we're not doing things like that uh, and we keep the engagement on Twitch, we're allowed to stream on both. And uh, so that'll be really exciting because all these bells and whistles and uh, effects that we're affecting live on Twitch will finally be able to be seen on our Facebook feed. And there won't be like, what the heck is he talking about? Um, and so uh, there's a couple of things that are popping up and welcome in Armed and Irish. Um, nice of you to join us as well. So got a big group with us tonight. So that's really exciting. Arun, thank you so much, um, you know, for uh, being a part of the show as always. We're, we're going to cover the last couple of seconds here before we let you go. There's 34 seconds left in this football game. Uh, the Vikings are up 22-17, uh, but the uh, 49ers have the ball. It's second and 10. Uh, they're on the 40-yard line of the Vikings, and so we'll see what they're able to do with no timeouts. Again, 33 seconds left. Uh, Kittle steps up, uh, throws it, and throws another interception. Uh, <laughs> heartbreaking. Wow. Oh God, I feel bad for Anna. Um, he didn't have a great hit a Kirk Cousins night tonight. Yeah. So Kirk Cousins. No uh, shot. Kirk Cousins won a primetime game. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, her called it. He said he was due for one. Um so yeah. Wow. What a what a game. Um uh we'll, we'll pull up the score bug real fast here um if people are watching the baseball texas rangers are up 11 to 3 over houston we're at the top of the ninth here 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a fun night. Um, Tina loves some Kirky. Yeah, I, I'm happy too. Um, uh, oh, Commissioner Mundo 444. Is Darren uh, Waller worth the week in and week out start? I hate the gamble so much as a Vikings fan. Finally, finally, finally. Uh, well, welcome on in to chat. Um, it's nice to see uh, a Vikings fan able to celebrate uh, the big win. Uh, for you guys, they needed this win. Um, uh, but as an Astros fan, no, no, no. Oh, it, it's you got a, a bit of a mix here. Um, uh, Astros did just get an out there, uh, but uh, so the Vikings do beat the San Francisco 49ers 22 17 and an exciting game. Um, and uh, it does look like uh, um, uh, that the Rangers are going to win this game. I'd be pretty impressed if Houston's able to in the bottom of the ninth come up with eight runs, but you never know. Uh, but thank you everyone for tuning in and being a part of the show. I'm going to uh, probably end our at least, Oh no, I want to do our football or sorry. I want to do our wrestling talk with the champ, but I'm going to let uh, Arun go. Arun, anything you want to give a shout out to before we let you go? Uh, I just saw that the wizard just waved Todd Gibson and Xavier cook. So they just gave Todd Gibson three million, so I guess he collected three million to do nothing. So shout out to Todd Gibson and uh, no Gilbert Arenas or Archie three facts today, and hopefully there'll be some next week. So stay tuned. Yeah, uh, I don't know why this no spots command isn't working, but um, Arun, I really appreciate you as always. Um, you know, for being a part of this show for the last eight seasons and seven years. So uh, thank you for your versatility and coverage of all different topics. And uh, we'll talk to you next week for our Halloween special. Sure. Thanks for having me on. All right, champ. Uh, here's your opportunity to let all of our listeners know uh, what's up with the uh, world of wrestling, your top maybe two or three stories and uh, let people know what's on your show this upcoming week. Well, one of the big one of the big stories, or a couple of big stories, came out of Impact Wrestling this weekend. Uh, Impact Wrestling had its Bound for Glory pay per view, which is their version of WrestleMania. Uh, it's their biggest show of the year. They had their Hall of Fame induction ceremony during the pre show, where Tracy Brooks, the original Knockout, and uh, the original voices of TNA, Mike Tenay, and the late Don West were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, they had a really good show. The only downside to the show was they had an advertised knockouts world tag team title match but they ended up recording it before the show got on the on the air and sent it out as a digital exclusive instead of putting it on the pay-per-view so that's the major down for me but the other big story that came out of this past weekend is that impact wrestling is reverting back to its original name of total nonstop action tna so they're going back to their what they were 20 years ago uh when they started off they were nwa tna uh, nwa tna then they were just tna then they went through impact global force wrestling and then impact but now they're going back to tna and the uh rebrand of tna will begin in january for their hard to kill pay-per-view uh is being called tna hard to kill so that's a big big step for impact which is proven to be a very strong third major brand in the in north america in terms of wrestling uh so coming up this weekend for the no spots podcast myself and sith are going to recap bound for glory and talk about that pay-per-view we're also to talk about what's going on this week in wrestling uh crowd 
Crown Jewel is just around the corner. So we got so a lot of the, a lot of bill for that on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, NXT tonight, uh, tomorrow Tuesday night is going to be night one of Halloween Havoc, which is uh, headlined by Becky Lynch defending the NXT Women's Championship against Lyra Valkyria. We'll also talk about Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. They they're all revolving around the upcoming Full Gear pay per view, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then of course Impact, it'll be Fallout from uh, Bound for Glory, and fresh off the announcement that they're rebranding the tna so make sure you tune in we'll be streaming it live on sunday after the uh daytime football games are done at 7 p.m eastern on twitch.tv slash true no spots pod and the audio will be up on amazon music and spotify and google podcast sounds good yeah everyone go check it out um and uh i think that champ does a great job i'm gonna do the champ command one more time um and uh definitely go check out his uh his podcast is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm out over there. And um, uh, Commissioner Mundo said, I watched Kurt Angle and RVD's legendary runs in TNA. Just fell off when it changed the impact, in my opinion. Angle Angle in TNA had a very notorious nickname when he was in TNA. He was known as Perk Angle because he was all he was crazy off per, uh, off Percocet uh, during his time in, in TNA. That's why he was doing all the kind of crazy shit he was doing. Uh, but luckily he's clean and sober now. Uh, but no, get back, get back into impact, Commander Mundo, because impact is really doing some great things. Um, if you have if you have access TV, definitely watch it. If you don't, I think it's worth the five dollars a month to get become an ultimate insider on, on their YouTube channel, because then you get to watch um impact commercial free every week for free, and you get to watch the impact plus uh events that are not pay-per-views for free and you can buy the pay-per-views on youtube basically it's like you buy the pay-per-views on youtube as well if you're an ultimate insider so i think it's worth it i've been doing it for the last two years because xfinity doesn't have access tv but we because we cover impact i needed to find a way to watch it and it's been the best investment i've made uh in my time doing this podcast being able to have that ultimate insider and watch impact commercial free every single week that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely uh, think people should check it out. Um, with that, I'm going to end our audio podcast and the, for the people that are listening live on Facebook, and then we will try to find a place uh, to raid as well. So uh, thank you for everyone for listening on the audio side uh, or um, on our Facebook as well. Next week, we'll have our big Halloween special. Um, hopefully, we'll find a way to beat the Eagles uh, and, and be a trick for them. Uh, it'll be a treat for us. And uh, so that would be great. We've got um, our first week of real um, uh, live NBA action. It's not preseason, including a uh, post-game talk uh, for the uh, big game against Boston. Uh, and in between that, we hope to have Hurt back and Dujanae back. And of course, Champ uh, to talk a, a bit about uh, all of the um, the football. And then our first segment will be, I think Anna will return. We're going to have four games to cover. It'll be a big show. C4 is going to one of them. Uh, so a lot to try to squeeze in in the two-hour show. We'll see 
uh, if we can fit it all in. Uh, but it's always our goal uh, to cover all the DC sports uh, without the politics. Sports on the Hill podcast has again been episodes number 318, uh, where we talk about Caps Talk, Misery Monday, and uh, MLB playoffs and uh, Wizards Talk. Uh, right now, we're in the bottom of the ninth. It's still 11 to 4 now, uh, but uh, it looks like they're going to hold on uh, for that. And it's been a fun football game as well. But thank you, everyone, on Facebook. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, let's go, Caps. Let's go, uh, uh, Wizards. And let's go, Commanders.